You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Black hair in the big leagues. I'm so excited. Um, you know what? I, I always leave off some of these things and put them at the end of the episode. And who listens to the end of podcast episodes? <laughs> I don't. So right now I'm going to be like, have you subscribed yet? Honey, hit subscribe. Tell your friends. Thank you for listening. Okay. All right. <laughs> that was my little intro thing. All right. Today, <laughs> y'all know I'm so scatterbrained and awkward, um, but I'm so excited and my heart feels so warm because <laughs> I've got on a friend of mine who is a powerhouse or is she a powerhouse who happens to be my friend. I I am so honored to talk to her today, y'all. She is an award-winning director, actress, Shakespearean goddess, educator, dancer, artist, and, and so much more, who was recently crowned the artistic director of Bay Area Children's Theater. You guys, this is a big deal. There are not a lot of people, black women in her arena doing that. In fact, she might be the only one. Um, And we met years ago, years ago, like the show that gave me my equity card way back in the day, almost a decade ago, doing Once on This Island at Theater Works. You guys, please help me welcome my friend, the talented the beautiful, the light, the joy, Kalia Davis. Hello, world out there. Hi, girl. Hi. 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 How are you? (laughs) You know, it's been an interesting time for a lot of people, you know? So going to be real and say that I am in a a beautiful mixture of emotions at all times, right? So one day I'll be feeling really joyful and happy and grateful. And then the next day I'm pretty weighted down, heavy, somber. So I'm allowing myself to feel all those things all the time. And that's okay. Yes. So being fully transparent, I'm, you know, all the things. I think that's beautiful 
because guess what, folks? We're human, and I think this is so inspiring. I'm a pretty optimistic person myself, but when I look at you, Kalia, you are always, like, you are always, like, being sunshine for everybody. You're always optimistic. You are always, like, looking at the bright side of life. Like, always. And so guess what? People, happy people, optimistic, like, sunshine people have real emotions, too. That's a real thing. Yes. So, mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, feel your feelings, feel your feelings. Like, <laughs> um, all th- where are you right now? So I am right now in Silicon Valley, California, the Bay Area, um, specifically on the Muwekma Ohlone tribal land known as San Jose. So, you know, Google, Facebook, that's where you get your phones and computers from work come on I'm not even gonna try to say that name that you just said because I will butcher it come on the land yes it's become such a it's become such an ingrained part of my uh like greeting for any of these types of interviews or panels or anytime that I'm just meeting a new community and they're like where are you from I want to it's such a small horribly small way of respect and recognition for these incredible indigenous communities, but I'm trying to just like have it just be part of what I say each time. So they understand that like, I am very aware of, uh, this, the land that I am occupying. (laughs) Ooh, we love that. We love an acknowledgement. Isn't that like what we're asking for? Like Mm -hmm. in these times, like Mm -hmm. just a little like, Hey, you see us. Do you see us? Let us know that. Just acknowledge us. Do you see us? Acknowledge. Right. Right. Um, can we talk about things? Can we talk about you? Uh, hello, like being artistic director? Like, what the heck, Kalia? Like, what the heck? <laughs> Who knew? Let me tell your folks. Let me tell your fans. Let me tell your listeners. Me and Salisha met as... We both were bona fide actresses only. We were, I mean, she was also doing the pageant thing, but like all, all theater <laughs> all the time. We were Disney, we're Disney babes. We love, yes. we love yes. a good Disney. Disney babes. <laughs> and uh, I had no, at that time in my life, I had no thoughts or desires for any form of executive leadership within our industry. I truly just wanted to perform all the time. So the fact that now I am an artistic director of a children's theater company that is nationally known and recognized is such a beautiful, wonderful thing, but it came out of left field. Please know that was not my trajectory. Nope. So wait, what do you mean it came out of left field? Like, how did it just fall into your lap? Like, that's, especially since, Kalia, I remember talking to you and, like, in New York when you moved out to New York. And, oh, my goodness, I'm I'm having chills just thinking about it. You having such a passion for children and children's mm-hmm. theater. Like you've always, you've always talked about this. It's always been a part of your, your fabric, your DNA. And to, so to see you in this position just kind of seems like, a like, I can't, it's not, it, it's your life, but it seems like it would be like a dream come <laughs> true. Like it's everybody. I mean, it's a village, right? It takes a village. <laughs> So, so all my people, all the energy, all the prayers. Thank you. So yes, 
uh, mm, I have always had a heart for creating work for young people that is enriching, empowering, entertaining, uh, somewhat educational, you know, like give me that good Nick Jr. show, that preschool, that sprout program. And I I always saw it as an opportunity for myself because again, I started at a really young age as an actor. So I was like, I want to be in front of the camera hosting my own children's TV show. That has been my dream. It's still my dream. But what's so interesting is that in when I moved to New York three, four years ago now, wow, when I had moved to New York four years ago, I met up with and started to cultivate a community of other artists who truly were desiring to create work for young people. And then they were like, you should direct this work that we're creating, Kalia. You should be part of the collaborative process, the devising process. And so putting me in these situations where I got to be more of a leader started me thinking like, oh, I like running things. And then (laughs) uh, another big thing that happened that was a big shift in my focus was the fact that there was such a lack of representation of people who look like me in this industry on the other side of the table. I am sure you have encountered countless times walking into an audition room and seeing a beautiful array of white levels shades different shades of beige and going really really and uh it was so disheartening because we're being asked to create work for young people to be a reflection of them but the people who are calling the shots who are deciding the scripts and the shows who are casting who are making all the major decisions for a season of a children's theater or a children's network are white people. So you're hiring uh, you're hiring humans of a diverse background because front facing, you want those kids to see themselves, but the people who are actually running things and making those major decisions do not reflect the overall makeup of the community. So interesting. Um, When you were asked to direct, was that your first time or had you dipped your toes into that before? This was my first time I directed in 2017 a, a new show, and it was a doozy uh, called Judy Moody and Stink in the Mad, 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 Mad Treasure Hunt that ended up being a co-commission with seven other theaters. And so it was a, it was a West Coast premiere, <laughs> and it was my very first time directing wow. adult. So I was like... Wow. But but the thing that was so fun was that it was a show that I could, because it was new, because I was working with the playwright herself as we were creating it together, I could add my own flair. I wasn't beholden to what the script dictated when it came to vision for design, um, anything like that. So I got to turn it into my 90s sitcom fantasy uh, world. Lots of slapstick moments, lots of physical comedy, lots of puppets. (laughs) I was very happy. This is so exciting, like, because that was not long ago. And so to see this trajectory happen so quickly, it's just to me a a reminder that no matter what it is you dream about or want to do, 
it can happen over the course of 20 years. It can happen in a year. It can happen in a day. Like if you are in alignment with who you're supposed to be, where you're supposed to be and following all those nudges and gut instincts, like it, it doesn't have to take forever. So, and okay. And also you mentioned, and this is before I asked you about this last question, like you're so used to walking into rooms and seeing, you know, a lot of white people, um, and not being represented. And here's the thing, Kalia, when I wasn't aware of like, this sounds so basic and dumb, but like talking about representation and, and that it matters and why it matters, that wasn't a part of my sphere until recently. Like I was, mm. I've been so used to walking in places and just expecting there to not wow. be anybody like me. Like wow. that is just how it is. That is how I've always thought. Like it's, it would be weird to see a black person. Like it would. And now having this be, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> it does feel different when there's somebody who looks like me in the room like it feels different in a good way like yes yes. Yes. (laughs) or when or when the person that does the pre-show speech comes out and looks like you and you're like oh dang okay so that's who's running things i love it cool 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 it's really it's it doesn't you don't realize the impact it has on you until after you've experienced it and then you think back just like you're doing you're like wait a minute oh wait a minute good i was more relaxed i felt even more supported i mean i know we both have like our best friends are beautiful amazing white women um so yes. like, i am not i'm I'm not here of my friends say, are white. i am not here to say that like we do not feel supported by them they are incredible they are allies right, right. they are advocates right. and they want us to succeed and be amazing absolutely but <laughs> but when black elsa comes out on stage i'm like all of a sudden i can be black elsa oh when vice president happens to be black all of a sudden i'm like i could run for vice president (laughs) hello like it's like oh it's never even crossed my mind that i could be there until i see an opportunity to yes it's also an opportunity to be an advocate for the artist you're hiring because unfortunately um certain people with lived experiences only have a perception of that lived experience and therefore the biases come in the block happens but if you welcome into your space other diverse voices and lived experiences they may have a new perspective that could help you in creating those brave and safe spaces for your artists as they're creating the work you want to produce on your stages and in front of your cameras. So you're giving them a a space where they feel they can be their most authentic self because they are seeing that the people who are making those decisions are, are of their community, support them, rooting for them, understand them. They're something they can come to us and we will get it. Like sometimes it's a look. Right, you know, right. Yes. Yes. Just a look at the eye and it's like, yes, no, I saw that happen too. Yes. I, I experienced that with you in silence. Yes. I'm there. <laughs> Wait, are you also an educator? Did I make that up? Nope. 
that is, it's such a blessing that as I was trying to make it in Hollywood and make it on the Broadways, um, I also was working as an educator. I still am working and teaching as an educator, even with my new role, because it's never going to leave me. I feel like it is a part of the full package of what I offer to the world as an artist, is I'm also here to educate, um, especially when it comes to young people. You know what I mean? So, okay. yep, that's me. So- I have some questions for you. So here's why I'm asking that. Because obviously I know I know you as Kalia the actress, but you are also an authority. You're an authority now. You, you like you you're an educator, you're a director, you're on the other side of the table. And so I've got a two-part question for you. Number one, for you as an actress, do you prefer when you're on stage to be wigged or to not be wigged? Ooh, good question. I like when there's a wig because then I don't have to deal with my own hair every time. And I, so quick, quick, quick little story. Before I did the Once on This Island production with you, I had done it a couple years before at a, another theater company where I was um, T-Moon. And I had unfortunately the misled information of how I should do my hair for the show. And it was like, oh, we want her to have her hair like half up, half down. And I have 4C hair. So like being half up and half down doesn't really work unless you straighten right. it. So I was right. straightening my hair. But you know the role of T-Moon. You know how physical that role is and therefore how sweaty you I get. During the show, I straighten my sweaty hair every weekend to do that production. So yes, if there is a wig option, I'm here for it. That doesn't even make sense. Like, like that role is supposed to be like. (laughs) That show was like ours, directed by a well-meaning white man. So (laughs) you know, like they love the show, they love the music, they love the story. Got it. But they may not know. And there's just certain things that get lost in translation because they, and like, that's the thing. When we did it, I loved our team. I loved Mm -hmm. our director. I loved, I loved our team. But when it came to hair specifically, it's like, they didn't know. It's, it's one thing that definitely gets lost in translation. Um, So what about Kalia being on the other side of the table when you are, directing when you are educating I'm when you're on the other side of the table would you prefer for the actors to be wigged or to wear their own hair because I feel like there's other things into play Ooh, wow interesting flip uh, yeah it's different right that is an interesting flip I can say from my experience of all of the work that I have directed so far in my career I have not once asked for anybody to be wigged, I have just said, make sure that your hair is out of your face. <laughs> like it's what I say to my kids that I direct in their little musicals. I just, I don't care what you do with your hair, just as long as it's out of your face so that I can see you. Same thing with adults. There was a show that I directed called She Persisted the Musical based off of Chelsea Clinton's book, She Persisted. And in it, the women uh, that the artists that 
we hired are portraying actual historical figures and bringing them to life on stage. Therefore, wigs did become something that could help in the storytelling of that visually. Yeah, yeah. Because that was my plan as uh, my vision was, especially because we were the first. So we were the world premiere. Chelsea was coming. Alexandra Boyger, who did the illustrations, was coming. We wanted to really just show them what it looks like to take the book and bring it to life. So with that, we did have wigs, but... These were. This was also an entire cast except for one actress of color. So making sure that the wigs, I was very instrumental in looking at the wigs they wanted to purchase. How are they going to look on my actors? I just was very present in the determining of what they're going to be wearing because I wanted to make sure that it was in line with what these women, their hair did look like. Um, back in the day, or continue to look like now, because some of the women are still alive. Sonia Sotomayor, still alive, amazing. Um, And she's represented (laughs) in the show. Yeah, I think that's so interesting. And you bring up a really great point. It's like when you're playing somebody who was alive in history, or maybe even alive today, you want to represent them, versus when you're not, there's like a lot more freedom and flexibility. And also, I feel like on the other side of the table, you got to think about budgets and all of the things. But like as an actor, I'm like, give me a wig, please. Yes, so that I don't have to deal with this. But you're right. <laughs> Our hair is different every every day. Like this is day two hair that I have right now. Tomorrow it's going to be bigger. The next yep. day it's going to be on the verge. It's going to be an afro. And day yep. five it's going to be like, yeah, I'm doing this, y'all. Black power. <laughs> a statement without me trying to be a statement it's like and that's our hair it's so versatile um okay let's see here I do have a question about um also same same line same line of thinking of you being on the other side of the table what is something that you do or or you are aware that can be done to make the environment feel safe and inclusive Mm. for everyone all the colors something that you and I don't know if this is a trick question or not I'm just gonna put it out there and see what you say um something passive that you do that okay and then something active that you do I, I don't know if you've even thought about it actively or not but like like asking I'm asking because like you asking me these questions today okay I know okay. I, we can figure it out together if you you know <laughs> But no, thank you for letting me state purpose. Thank you for letting me find my purpose. It's great. It's great. Um, Sometimes you need those people on the outside looking in. Um, So I would say an active, an active way that I have done that is I have instituted what are called access check-ins that I picked up from a facilitated workshop a long time ago. And it's a really great way to, uh, bring everybody together in the space under the same um, losing words, but of the same mindset. So every meeting, uh, each rehearsal, we just start with an access check-in. And what I mean by access check-in is it can be as simple as my access needs are being met, which means I am, I'm protected. I'm housed. I'm clothed. I'm fed. I'm hydrated. I'm good to go. I'm fine. Or it could be 
my Wi-Fi is a bit spotty. I'm sorry, guys. There's a dog barking outside. I just need to let you know that you might be hearing some uh, trash collectors coming through during this meeting. Access could also be an emotional um, moment as well. We have... I would be remiss if I did not mention the atrocities against our Asian and Asian American and Pacific Islander community that's happening right now and has happened for years. Same with the black community. So you're showing up in these spaces and you may be feeling that weight, but you're supposed to sing don't stop the beat from hairspray. You know, you would want, you would hope that atmosphere that is being cultivated in that space is one where you can show up and say, I access wise, I am feeling really heavy today. Uh, I didn't get a lot of sleep today. And then therefore I, as the leader, quote unquote, or the director or whatever my title is, can reconfigure the schedule, reestablish how we might be looking at certain scenes that day or reworking what we might what I might have wanted to accomplish to accommodate an actor who is just not feeling at 100% but is shown up. And I want to acknowledge that and say thank you and then everybody can not acknowledge it and then we can move forward from that. I just want to make sure that we always show up as humans first. Yes, you have been hired to produce a product that hopefully will make us money and keep our theater open. But you are human. And I need you to know that. And I need you to see that I know that. Um, so that's a very active thing that I have established in the last year and a half of my practice of being in front of people. A passive, whew, a passive way of doing that, I, I think it is... Uh, taking a second to clock if someone mentions something off topic and and acknowledging that I heard that thing and then like it amplifying it, encouraging it and validating it. Even if it's like, yeah, my my mom just got, uh, just started her own business. She just opened up her own store. I'm just so excited. Like I'm overhearing it and I'm like, what? I'm sorry. Hold up. Everybody, wait a minute. Can we just like snap it out for a place? Like it has nothing to That's do awesome. with work. I love you. <laughs> but like we just need to celebrate. Right. And, and right. that might be more of a passive, like I'm not intentionally trying to uh make this person feel bigger than they were, but it's like I wanna make sure that right. my artists that I always get an opportunity to be with is like I I cherish who you are and I cherish your worlds and and thank you for giving of yourself to my world right now. But like, if you want to share something cool, I'm here for it. Kalia, I love this. I love this. And I'm asking because I've been doing more things with students lately. And I'm mm. like, oh, if it continues going in this direction, like, I can't just show up and be like, I mean, yeah, I can be colorblind and all the things, but also like, representation matters and I'm wondering like how can I be there for anybody who was like this is what I'm going through other than uh, in addition to like holding space in addition Mm. to like being somebody who does understand but like what else can we what else can we actively do and people are always asking me like what makes you feel seen? Like, what can we do to make this space more comfortable? And sometimes it's like, I don't know. I don't know what I want. Give me a second. Like, I'm not 
not sure. Like, what if I asked you, Kalia, what makes you feel seen? What, what do you think? What do you say? I, I think what it is, is when people are able to call back to something that I might've done or said in a rehearsal or in a meeting that is not necessarily something that we're talking about at that moment, but they can tie it in. And I'm like, Oh, you notice when I, when I said that, you remembered when I said that. Oh, I I appreciate that. I appreciate also when I don't have to be the one to bring up certain topics in a discussion. Um, I don't want to derail what we're talking about now, but something that I've also been very active in is the work of uh, restorative justice in uh, equity, diversity, and inclusion work, joining committees, councils, boards that are truly trying to establish more inclusivity in our artistic spaces. It's been exhausting. So it's always so wonderful when other non-people of color step forward and are the ones to say, you know what, can we take a second to talk about this? And I'm like, yay, good. I don't have to do it. This is wonderful. Oh my gosh. That is so real. That is so real. Okay. I want to switch gears and ask you a little bit about hair because like, hello, (laughs) right. All the things. Okay. So your go-to, your go-to look as much as or as little as you want to say about that and your go-to look that you love and has it changed during the pandemic at all? Okay. I'm so glad you asked. So the look that I'm rocking for your listeners who can't see, um, an image description, I am a medium brown skinned woman and I have like Mm, to my shoulders, like right below my neckline, uh, curly hair that would probably be more of like a 4A, 4B hairstyle because it can lay a bit easier. And it is technically interlocks. Um, And it has been my look that I discovered many years ago. It's my headshots. Like this look was so great for me because it gave me the flexibility of, oh, I don't have to deal with this hair. Like I don't have to do any sort of prep to create this look. It's already there. Um, But I'm glad you asked about the pandemic and how my things have changed. So before the pandemic, I discovered faux locks and that look. Okay. And and I was like, oh, I like how my hair, I like how this looks because I also have a very round face. And so I'm always a bit cautious of certain hairstyles on me. And I know that this is part of the, like the unlearning that I have to do, the dismantling that I'm still dealing with, with the colonization of, of how we perceive ourselves as black women in this industry and this world. But I really have enjoyed rocking faux locks. I've enjoyed rocking twists and I've brought back the singles that I used to rock when I was a kid. So that, um, that type of style is something that I'm really rediscovering and really enjoying as well. Oh, I love that. And I love a head of twist on myself as well. And also faux locks. I discovered that during, during the pandemic, but you said interlocks. I don't understand. So an interlock is also known as crochet. 
it's this it's basically the tool that you use that crochet needle you know and you take the lock of hair and after you've done your base your cone row base and you're in you're implementing the wait 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 wait. so interlock and crochet are the same they're one in the same so you can do that with curls yeah my love each of these is just a strand of hair that you just take in, you interlock it, you twist, you and you're done. How did I not know this? Okay, okay, because oh, this is so exciting. I was so excited when I figured out like you could do crochet twists. I got some twists in the bathroom right now. I'm like, oh my goodness, all I gotta do is cornrow my hair and then yeah. like, but like, don't get that crochet needle stuck up in there because yikes. Oh, it hurts. Literally, yikes. But I. I've thought about it with twists. I've thought about it with locks, but I've never thought about it with curls. So literally this is why this podcast exists. Even though we've only talked about hair for two seconds, like (laughs) like, truly I'm like, I want to know, like, what are all the things I can do with my hair other than straighten it? And cause I, I grew up straightening it and I love a good Mm -hmm. wig. What Mm -hmm. else is there? And how, like, what to do with my natural hair? What do you do with your natural hair? Do you care for it? Do you just pretend it's not there? Um, whatever you have to wow. say, there will be people who can relate because I've definitely been through all of it. So, like, what about you? How do you feel right now? You keep you keep dropping these things, and I'm like, oh, mind blown. Uh, so, I-, I was known as the little girl with braids growing up. I did commercials as a kid in the 90s and it was like, oh, if you saw a black girl with braids in a commercial for like McDonald's, it was probably me. Uh, and so I got really <laughs> awesome. I got really used to protective styles. Now I know the term. Obviously, when we were growing up, it was just like you just put your hair in braids and then you could go swimming. Like that was the idea in my head as a child is like, if I have my if I have my hair in braids, I can go in the pool. Um, and it's easier. But then when I'm in my dance recitals, I have to take my braids out because I have to do the tight bun for the ballet recital and things like that. So it's, it was a very interesting um, time growing up. And then going to college, I went to college at the University of Southern California in Southern California. And you know what? (laughs) Come on. Everybody was about that weave. Everybody was about that weave. So I was about the weave. I could flip it, you know, it was straight, but then I could curl it with the curling iron. Um, I could get it washed and conditioned still on my head. And so, but it was expensive and I wasn't even getting the really expensive, like Raven Simone expensive hair. I was getting (laughs) the broke college student. Shut up. So, you know, but it is, but the fact that you said, do you hide it? That, that, that question I'm going to be real. I think if I'm really honest, I spent so much of my youth to maybe three or four years ago hiding underneath other styles, assuming that like, oh, no, it's just fun. It's like what I'm used to. It's how my mom did. Like she just had me go to the hair shop, braid it up. We good. But actually, when given an opportunity to show off my hair, I never felt comfortable I didn't know how to deal with it. Young people today, God bless them. They have they have this podcast. They have other podcasts. They have YouTube tutorials. They have Instagram, so TikTok, Snapchat. They they don't have to go through. This. They don't have to go through an awkward phase of like, 
we don't know what to do with the hair because we're hot combing, but we're not hot combing. It just, so yeah, if I'm going to be honest with myself, I think I was hiding my natural hair and now it is an active choice of protecting to help it grow and strengthen. So after this style, I'll take a little bit of a break and then it'll be out. And I usually do, um, you know, the side part, a little fluff it out. I do a twist. uh, I either do a twist out or a braid out and kind of just massage. But, you know, people are like, oh, and and please, you should talk about this because your hair does so many things, which is so great. But like, I'm sure you've gotten since rocking the natural, like, oh my gosh, I love your fro. I love it. You should do all the time. And it's like, you don't understand the work. (laughs) That goes, you don't understand that I put my laptop next to the mirror on the floor and for an hour I'm watching Fixer Upper and I am twisting and I'm braiding and pulling and (laughs) just so that the next morning I take it all down. (laughs) Right. Oh Oh my gosh, Clea, you've said so many things and I just want you to know and and also feel safe because like I relate 1000%. I'm finally able to like embrace my natural hair. And even, even now, even with this podcast, I'm like nervous going outside with my hair down sometimes. Like it is an active process of like unlearning all the things that I learned growing up and like having my hair natural is not beautiful. This is, these are all lies. It's all wrong. And I'm still learning, but I went through a phase of I hated my own hair and I was hiding like for a very long time. Like, and I, like I'm all for people wearing weaves and wigs, but when I, especially like it is so fun and versatile when I was doing it, Kalia, like at first it was not because it was just fun. I was like, I didn't want anybody to see my hair. And I'm, I feel embarrassed even saying that right now, but it's like a real ass thing. Like, And so to hear you say like part of your journey of like feeling a little bit of like having to hide and, and that energy switching to no, it's in a protective style and you're taking care of it. It's like, it is even like a mental shift, a small shift is actually huge. Like, like that. So yes. Yeah. I think it's a really beautiful, I think it's a really beautiful thing. We're, we're all in this together, like just figuring it out. And I am, I'm like a little jealous of the generation, the young generation today that they can a like. A little? Right? I'm, they- I'm completely, je- I, I work with, I work with these incredibly beautiful black and brown babies and they're showing up and they're, and they know how to do their hair. So right? they're, they're sixth graders and they just like. They know how to do it. <laughs> like, I go to a hair shop. Sweetheart, no, no, no. <laughs> what? And not just any hair shop, because not every hair shop knows what to do with our hair. Mm-hmm. Mm. So all of the things, all of the things, ongoing journey. If anybody's listening to this right now, just like, no matter where you are in your hair journey, like, you are not alone. <laughs> like, all of the phases. So, um, and, and I, the look that you're rocking today looks so good. And it's just, gosh, Kalia, you're such a special human. Just wow. 
Thank you. I received it, but I also bounce it back to you because this has been so lovely to see your journey. Let me give you a little bit of flower power right now. Like I'm going to give you your flowers. Like it's been so great. Um, You know, you are the same age as my little sister. So I always have thought of you as another beautiful, talented, amazing little sister that I get to just like sit and go, oh, look at her do her thing. Oh, this is great. Oh my goodness. And I'm really happy that you have found your voice. You have truly tapped into the quirky, adorable, (laughs) poignant, like big voice that we needed and it's really great that you have like put it in your blogs. You've put it in the in multiple podcasts. I think you you're up to what two now. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. A Bible like, podcast. Nobody listens to it. Clearly, <laughs> it's like me and five of my friends. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, oh well, God, I did this. This one's for you. We're two but or three are gathered. It's okay. like that means. <laughs> Come on, two or three gathered in his name. There he will be in the midst of them. But like, seriously though, like I am so grateful for you and and God is using you. It is so exciting to watch. It is, I'm so inspired. I'm so, I'm so inspired by you. And I just want to like applaud you and be like, keep going. You are in rooms that like people need you to be in. People are, are watching you. These kids need you whether they even realize how much of an impact you're making on their lives or not, you are making an impact, you know, like whether it's at the forefront of their brains or in their subconscious, you are making an impact. And, and before I let you go, I just have to bring up and touch on a play that you adapted and directed called a, a kid's play about racism. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So this was the long story short, Nina Meehan, who is now the CEO and founder of Bay Area Children's Theater to create space for myself to take on the role of artistic director of Bay Area Children's Theater before I had that position, came to me um, in response to the unfortunate murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, and countless others. And wanted to find a way to bring the entire TYA and TYA stands for theater for young audiences. So she wanted to find a way to bring all of these theaters together in support of a project that will speak to what is happening specifically amongst the black community. And she was like, I read this book. It's called A Kid's Book About Racism. It's by Jelani Bemery. It's really great. And I think we could turn it into something. Here you go. You have full artistic control. I just want to help spread the word. That's it. And so so, oh. so I did. I had, uh, I could adapt it without any notes from her or anybody else. I just like gave it to my team of black people. And I was like, is this script cool? Great. Um, I actually got an opportunity to work wow. with Jelani himself. He's such a giving person. And I said, I would love to put some of your personal experiences into our show. And he said, okay, well, these are the things that were told to me as I was growing up as a biracial mixed black and white child in the PNW, so the Pacific Northwest, like this is what they would say to me. And we actually put those words 
into the show. So for anyone listening, a kid's play about racism is truly an um, an expansion of the book, a kid's book about racism. Every single word from the book is in the show. And then I decided to kind of put a little in, <laughs> inside out spin, the Pixar movie spin to it, where we personified Jelani's feelings to help him navigate the complicated feelings that are associated with racism and how it might affect you, especially as a young person. Um, because the thing that we really wanted to make clear to anyone watching is that your feelings are validated. They are necessary and you are allowed to feel any of them at any one time. Um, and we have music, we have joy, we have dancing, but we also have those more serious moments. And I got to tell you that the thing that has rocked my world this last year of it streaming, we first were on Broadway on demand and now um, educators can get it for free and they've it's gone global. So we have been streamed to the United Kingdom, to Ecuador, to Mexico, uh, to Co South Korea. Yeah. We, we're in uh, different countries in Africa like people are wanting to watch this this is amazing <laughs> it is it, it is, this is amazing i'm like just sitting here shaking my head like what the heck like, <laughs> what the heck this is what action in action looks like when you put like a person's potential is infinite. And I'm just like, yes, you are such a talented actress, Kalia. But look at all these other things you're doing. It's just <laughs> literally blowing. It's blowing my mind. It That's blew amazing. my mind. It blew my mind. It's amazing. Listen, I was like, it's this amazing. is the scariest thing I've ever done because I have an entire team <laughs> of people. I have I have actors from all over the country. Uh, we have to edit. We have to animate. We have to do all these things. My whole team was BIPOC artists and creatives. So that was cool too. Um, but yeah, I had no idea. I was like, literally we say racism. We'll see how people take it. And everybody really loved it. There have been a couple, you know, in Florida, there have been a couple people, some parents being like, we don't want our children to see this in That's florida right. <laughs> but but for the most part many families yeah. grown-ups kids they get it they see it when i reflect back with young people who have watched it they are telling me what they got from it they are sharing with me the messages and the lessons i'm like this next generation slaps can I'm people ready. watch this it slaps can people watch this? Can I watch this? Or no? Yeah. Is it like Well, kind of. Um <laughs> if you are an educator, you can watch it for free. Uh all you have to do is go to a kidsplayabout.org and just type in like where you work, who you work with, how many kids are probably going to view it and then you have access to the link and then also because we are uh, theater for young audiences always tries to incorporate some sort of educational tie-in. So working with Seattle Children's Theater and Alliance Theater in Atlanta's education department, they created a beautiful, amazing audience activity guide that goes along with the, with the show. 
so that if you want to do more activities with your students or your kiddos um, around the topics nice. and themes from the show, you can. And wait, and for me, where can I, can I, is it still on Broadway HD? Is it, can I, where can I go, Kalia? Uh, <laughs> we did do a re-release for the, for Black History Month. That has passed. I'm so sorry. No. But if, if they reach out to myself or my team at Bay Area Children's Theater, we'll make it happen. <laughs> but technically, okay. yes, with, with the kids book about people, we are licensed to be able to provide it to educators for free right now. So. That's awesome. But you like you It's like, <laughs> have to be there. Sure. Also, you say that you're working with kids right now. So you could just type in that you are working with kids. Yeah. I mean, it's freelancing, but yeah. Okay. Um, that is so exciting. I am so on fire for you, for all of the things you are doing. Kalia, thank you so much. Like, thank you so much for coming on here. And honestly, I'm like, can we do coffee soon so that we can talk about all the things, like all, all, all the things. <laughs> yes, I want to hear about everything. Thank you so much for inviting me into this space. I feel very honored to get to be a part of this awesome podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you to you. I love you. I love you. Thank you for lending your voice and your your heart and for letting God use you. Like, girl, Dina, this is only the beginning. <laughs> Listen, we got to get out of the way. Get out of the way. Let God do his thing. We good. <laughs> and with that, we're just going to drop. get out of the way. Get out of the way. Kalia Davis, everyone. Thank you for joining. Oh, love you. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.